Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, from the Fantasy Affair podcast family, it's Hot Five Happy Hour with the Matt Daddy and your co-host, Sammy G. Click, we're ready to rock and roll, Uchi Goo. I got Quinn, my gamer, my bad mother trucker. What's going on, Quinn? Oh, nothing too much. Hanging out with the boys. We got the whole crew back together, drinking some beers, ready to go over some hot buys. That's right. Hot buy happy hour. Anywhere podcasts are, go check them out. Also, www.ffaffair.com. Come find those hot buy happy hour boys. But from boys to men, we have the man, the cigar smoking. It's Sammy G. What's up, Daddy? What's up, Maddie? What's up, Quinn? Glad to be here. Had some work commitments the last couple of weeks, so uh, wasn't able to uh, to attend our regular uh, social hour, hour and a half together. Uh, so glad to be back here after about three weeks. Looking forward to it. We're happy to have you, dude. We got a packed show. We're going to be talking some ref moments, King Henry versus Beast Mode. And of course, we're going to get to some fantasy football hot buys. But first, let's hit back with Quinn with the game who's in and who's out of the week. Yeah, I got to say, gaming thing that I've really gotten into this week, Bethesda and Microsoft. So... Hmm. For those that don't know, Microsoft bought out Bethesda for a whopping $3 billion, with a B, dollars. Which means that now, with Microsoft owning Bethesda, all future Bethesda titles will only come out exclusively on Xbox and PC if you play PlayStation or Switch. Tough shit. Um, and then also, with the Xbox Game Pass, which is a subscription service, you get access to a shit ton of games. A whole bunch of classic Bethesda games are on there, like all of the original Doom titles, all the way through the ones that are currently coming out. You remember um, the Doom days? Did you play a little Doom, Quinn? Doom? I've, no, I didn't wait. play it like in the arcade. That was before my time, but I've played the original Doom. Sammy, question for you. What? This might be different. Duke Nukem's not Doom, is it? It is not, but I was I knew oh. you meant, I knew I knew you meant Duke Nukem. I was getting hyped, dude. I was like, Duke Nukem? <laughs> we're talking Duke Nukem? No, we're talking Doom, dumbass. <laughs> dude, I could have um, filled in I could have filled in the blank for you there. You remember he goes in the bathroom and they make that sound oh much better. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Shit we grew up on. All right, Quinny. Baby hit me with it. What's not so hot moment in video games? Yeah, I, I hate to keep shitting on them, but it's it's Black Ops Cold War, Call of Duty again. They uh they just updated the game, massive patch, um yesterday, last night, and they broke a bunch of shit. It's like one step forward, two steps back. What was they, last week? The crossbow? Is that what was? Yeah, last the week the the crossbow issue. So the crossbow's back in the game now, but um then they update the game. And they reset everybody's classes in the update. So, you know, weapons and stuff that you would customize and custom built to your personal preferences, all 10 classes completely reset back to scratch. So, I mean, 
you're looking at like 45 minutes to recreate everything that was messed up. Fucking game, dude. One's going good, one's going bad. But Sammy, we got you back in the saddle again, as Aerosmith would say. We're doing it hot by, and we're getting dirty because Maddie Daddy's almost 30, 34. 34 Saturday. Happy birthday to the Maddie Daddy. But what are we drinking tonight, boys? I don't have my usual uh, cans. I'm rocking the Miller Lite Twist Tops. Aluminum bottles can be found in any of your supermarket liquor sections. Sammy, what are you smoking on? And uh, are you done? Did you finish off the Zebas in the wine coolers, or what are you drinking on? Well, guys, I'm going to start it and, and preface this with I've got two hop slams locked and loaded from Bell's. Uh, real good IPA seasonals comes out in February. They're they're fantastic. You can still find some. Get them. But right now, I just got done lifting about an hour and a half ago, and there's nothing I like better than a good old lime white claw right after I lift. I don't know what it is about those being refreshing. So I'm ready for it. Let me hear it. Girls night. Ooh, 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 hey, so, ooh. I, so I've also just just to make sure that uh -oh. we're clear. No, the, we're not. We're not defending the white claw. Come on. No, no. Hold on, hold on. I've got you know NCAA games are going on, but I've got H HGTV in the background right <laughs> now because because I figure if I'm drinking the white claw, I can't be watching the buckets. Yeah. Games. Fuck hey, basketball. So, I, He's I all about the interior decorating right now. That, that's right. I can't say one of the drunkest nights I've ever had was on fucking white claws. So. So you're drinking white claws too now? Is oh no. Not after that night. No, I tried to three-point stance tackle a tree that night. <laughs> who, who won? The tree, handedly. So, so I got a story about White Claws, though, real quick. So just today, my wife was talking to my daughter and said, hey, you need to clean up in your, in your bedroom. And she noticed there were some cans underneath her dresser. Yeah. She's 16. Get, and get those cans out from underneath your, uh, your dresser. And then she comes in about an hour later, and she still hasn't cleaned up. She goes, hey. I told you, get those cans. Oh, wait a minute. That's a pretty narrow can down there. She reaches down to her underneath her dresser and she pulls them out. And it's a white claw and a 16 ounce heavy, yes. at, heavy ass IPA. And my wife started grilling on her. So, what did you drink these while we were gone? She goes, Well, I drank the white claw. Well, what'd you do with the beer? Well, I thought I'd like it. I took one sip and I dumped it out. Is it okay if I'm more pissed? that she dumped out the, the IPA <laughs> than the fact that she was drinking. I mean, I would never tell her this. This is just podcast talk here, but. Dude, she's probably got a whole stash of pot up there, drinking every other night, got dudes sneaking in and out of her window. You know what it is. 16, baby. Oh, man, don't do that to me. Don't do it to me, but Quinn, we know you're in the dormitory. Nicholas Cage all over your walls. What are you drinking on? <laughs> We got uh got some stone with me today. We got the uh, Viking Space Probe Hazy Double IPA. It's right. it's you a kick Viking? in the teeth of hops, but it's good. Viking. So this is some hardcore shit. Yeah, Viking Space Probe, and in honor of Stone, if people's if anyone out there's never drank a Stone, if you're ever in a liquor store or something, you see the Stone bottles. Even if you don't want to drink it, it's worth reading the back. So it says. In the spirit of all the exploratory missions deployed across the galaxy, be they spacecraft, Viking, or other, we're constantly probing the world of beer back here on Earth. 
that quest has brought us to this latest creation, which comes from our brewing team at Stone Brewing Napa. With a haze reminiscent of some far-off nebula and further complemented with the juicy flavors of Ella and Citra hops, this beer is most definitely out of this world. Crafted to be enjoyed on Earth, but if intelligent life does exist out there, we're pretty sure they'll like it too. So I was totally like thinking badass because it's got that Viking vibe and now it's all galaxy like space is the place. Yeah, just a different <laughs> galaxy. Yeah. Hey, I want I want Quinn to read me an audio book. I was hoping oh, Quinn, I was going to I wanted him to like talk in Viking when I heard it was a Viking beer and then it went space. And I was like, oh, come Man. on. There's two parts of that Viking space probe. I don't know about either one of y'all's drinks tonight. I'm getting I'm getting the wrong vibe. That might lead to my music moment later. <laughs> it all it all it might all come full circle, buddy. Maddie, I don't know if you could handle the hops of the Viking space probe. I want the Vikings, but I'm not going to space. Um, dude, we got some badass topics. We could talk to Sammy all night, but we know we got to get on. Move on with the show, baby. Well, Sammy, my little pumpkin head, you chose Ref Fails. So I'm going to let you lead us in and kind of talk this through and get us ready for this moment. Yeah, so I was uh, watching SportsCenter last night, and they had the highlights of the, the UConn-Baylor women's NCAA tournament game, which was a, a really good game. If you caught any of the highlights or happened to watch it, even though the NCAA men's tournament was going on, um, it was a one-point game at the end, and Baylor's best player goes to the basket, and the, the girl gets hit in the face, gets hit in the arms, and no foul is called. Um, you know, they were going to go up by one. Good chance of winning the game if, if she had scored this or, or gone to the free throw line. So it was just one of those things like, what? The, you know, how do you, how do you let that pass? I understand refs want to let them play, but – I mean, at some point you got to blow the whistle. So that kind of got me thinking like, what are some of the worst referee moments that I've, I've seen? So the, the first one that came to mind and I might be uh, kind of on board with a lot of other people here was the, uh, the fail Mary back in 2012, uh, Seattle, green Bay, last second pass of the end zone by Russell Wilson, green Bay clearly picked the ball off. Uh, but as the the DB goes to the the ground, Golden Tate puts his hands on the ball, and they call a simultaneous catch. Uh, two referees actually there in the it was the back judge and, and one of the the line judges. They uh, they ruled differently. One called a, a touchback, the other one called an interception. And uh, I'm sorry, one called an interception, the other one called a touchdown. And somehow the the touchdown stood. The uh, the funny part about that was I don't know if you guys remember what was happening in 2012. Either you remember what the what the big issue was going Replacement on at that refs. Point. That's right. So that was the catalyst for the uh, the agreement with the regular referees to come back. It was actually two days later they brought the regular refs Ed Hockley and the gang coming back in and uh, getting shit straightened out from uh, from the debacle that we had seen previously. So uh, yeah, that one sticks in my mind and it's one of the worst referee moments that I can remember. Hey, Quinn, what do you got, baby? Yeah, I got one a uh, little bit more recent as well. It's from uh, last Wednesday. Uh, it was Red Wings, Nashville Predators. And there was a hot mic on one of the referees, and he was caught saying, quote, it wasn't much, but I wanted to get a fucking penalty on Nashville early in the 
and then the mic cuts whoa, out. Whoa, dude, whoa. Yeah, so as that's going on, it was right after they had just called a tripping penalty on uh, one of the Predators forwards, and he got caught saying that on a hot mic. And then the NHL came out and said, National Hockey League Senior Executive Vice President Colin Campbell announced that t- today that referee Tim Peel will no longer be a referee in the NHL. So clearly, I don't know if he had some betting interests or what was going on there, but he was trying to call a penalty on the Predators, eventually did it, and as a result is no longer a ref in the NHL. Hi, Karumba. Uh, the, the, the only disappointing part about that is he already planned to retire at the end of the year. So it was only a couple months short from, from when he was supposed to retire anyway. I wish the dude was like 40 and, and was no longer a ref. That would be just to serve. Yeah, and the other thing is, like, if it was, like, a betting thing or something like that, why are you betting on the Red Wings ever? <laughs> good, good point. It's not 2009 anymore. Got it. Move on. Matty, what you got? Betting. I got one. I got a juicy one as, uh, ju- as juicy as Quinn's beer tonight. Sammy, you probably remember this. I'm sure Quinn's heard about it. Tim Donahue, the ref for the NBA 13 seasons, 94 to 2007. He is the one who got caught betting on NBA games that he was ref. You guys remember this at all? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, dude, fucking ref, 772 games. He was getting $2,000 for every correct pick he gave him. But not only that, but dude's like, you see like an instance where he's telling other refs, like watch for screens on Toronto, or you see the NBA Eastern conference finals, you know, 27 free throws in the fourth quarter shit's going down and he's part of it. You saw multiple times where the coach got, you know, he was saying Yao Ming's being targeted by this referee and NBA just was, you know, that code of morals and all that, but he completely shit on that. You guys got any thoughts on uh, Donahue other than he's a piece of shit? Now, there's a good long form on ESPN that came out probably within the last four years or so. Uh, I think it was right before Donahue released his book that uh, that details a lot of what happened and some of the behind-the-scenes stuff, scenes stuff with the mob and all the ties there. And it's, it's really interesting. If you can find that on ESPN.com, I'd, I'd tell you, go take a look and read through that story. It's pretty interesting how all that stuff tied together and, and, and just kind of mushroomed much bigger than, than what was expected. What about you, Quinn? You got anything to say on this topic, my man? Yeah. I mean, it, it's one of those things like, and the other thing is like, you know, like an NHL ref can call a penalty, but he can't like, make a team score on that power play. If you're giving another team free throws, most of the time that team's going to hit at least one, if not both of them. So that you have. And then like, Yao Ming, are you going to question like a foul on a guy who's seven, six, you know, 300 pounds? Uh, fun Yao Ming fact. Uh, he was created like literally by the Chinese government in a lab. <laughs> they used the they you they took the tallest man in China and the best basketball playing woman and it had made them have a child and Yao Ming was created. Quit, quit, is wait it, a minute, dude. Is this really what is this of our listeners <laughs> China? Come on. Yeah, that, that's it. that's that's a thing. Oh my. 
Hey, hey I, more I'm, power I'm, to him. Hey, I've got one more. I want to. I want to talk about. Not really. I mean, it's a mistake, but it's cool as shit at the same time. So, put in the uh, the alert here. Here comes soccer moment for the podcast. So there was a uh, a referee in the third division over in uh, in England, uh, refing a game, and it was a top of the table type game. So two better teams calls a, a, a dive on a guy. So saying that the guy simulated getting fouled, trying to get a penalty, blah, blah, blah. There's a the guy obviously isn't happy about it. He gets up and he starts walking towards the referee, all aggressive. He gets about two steps away from the ref and the ref closes that distance. His name's Darren Drysdale. If you want to look it up and he tries to headbutt the dude. Oh, and if man. you look into the refs, if you look into the refs background, he's a RAF uh, vet. He was served in, in Iraq, Kuwait, all over the Middle East. He's uh, it's basically the, he's a, basically the equivalent of the u.s army rangers for great britain so he's yeah, a badass yeah. he's a badass dude and uh yeah he was not going to take any crap went to headbutt the dude ended up suspended for a month uh obviously it makes some sense why he was suspended but it was still pretty pretty cool to watch fuck dude just <laughs> i'm not messing with the army ranger in general but as a referee, I mean, you got to know your place. But at the same time, I get it. You see these – it's it's an entertainment business just as much. You see those MLB refs, stuff like that. It's a fucking crazy – I could not imagine being a ref, honestly, with all these egos in sports. Could you guys? I could do soccer. That's about the only one. Uh, Basketball is too fast. I think the referees make too many mistakes. Um, and things, things happen, happen. Well, even in NFL, like one, one missed call can completely ruin a game. That's the saints. You know, they, they know enough about offensive pass interference or pass interference calls. Um, yeah, you know, I, I just wouldn't want to put myself in that situation in the NFL, but I could do soccer. That's the only yeah. one. And then like, I mean, you got like hockey, you know, it's hard to tell, you know, was that, you know, hit worthy of a charge? Was that a cross check? You know, things like that. There are so many ticky tacky calls in that where it's tough to really, you know, find that boundary. And then, but if you do, you know, call something, you got to make sure you make that same call on the other side later in the game. And you have to know how to skate. Yeah, that's the big, I, I stand by this fact. The best skaters on a hockey rink in an NHL game are the referees. If you've never watched a hockey game just to watch the referees, look at some of the maneuvers they make to stay out of the way of that puck. It's genuinely impressive. You guys didn't know from the voice of the hot by happy. Hour, it really is. Quinn is not only does he have that sensual voice, but he is the West Virginia bad boy for a reason. He is the hockey, the voice of the hockey team at West Virginia. I actually just got, I just got this really cool, like shirt from a uh, WVU hockey. We, uh, we just played Robert Morris university for the uh, CHMA championships. And uh, we, we lost unfortunately, but I was able to go up to Pittsburgh and call that game. But uh, this shirt, it's actually really cool. It's got a mask built into it. What? Yeah. So it's got a built-in mask. So as long as I'm wearing this shirt, I can just go somewhere and not even have to worry about having a mask on me. Just like the song says, back in black, baby. Quinn's hitting it and hitting it hard. But it's time to move on, ladies and gentlemen. 
we got the fucking main event of the show. Beast Mode versus King Henry. All right, let's take a break. As we're here, Derrick Henry, that's King Henry versus Beast Mode. Lead us in on this juicy topic. Yeah, so we got two of the best power backs in recent NFL history. Because you go back in time, you got, you know, your Earl Campbells, your Jim Browns, guys that were absolute tanks. And now in today's NFL, it's the elusive backs that seem to be what run the show. But every once in a while, those elite power backs still pop up. And the two big ones were Marshawn Lynch in those early 2010 years and then Derrick Henry now. And the question is, who would you rather have in your backfield? We'll start with Sammy. Yeah, uh, give me Derrick Henry all day long. Before I go on any further, let me just circle back. I'm on the beers now, all right? So so calm down with the White Claws, guys. Um, <laughs> so so I'd take Derrick Henry, uh, like I said, all day. Um, I think the upside is higher. I mean, you look at the last two years, he had 1,500 yards and 2,000 yards. Uh, the best year Marshawn ever had was a 1590, so almost a 1,600-yard season. Um, I, I just think that there's a lot more to like about Derrick Henry moving forward. And it's, it's based on volume. I mean, we, we got quite a bit of volume from, uh, from Marshawn, but you don't, it, it just, it didn't translate to the type of numbers that you see from, from Derrick Henry nowadays. So what do you guys think? Uh, Matty, we'll go to you next. Fuck yeah. I'm all over this one. Uh, so I remember the Marshawn Lynch, the Seattle days, the fucking crazy push off against the saints. They get that super bowl win. that'll be from a history moment. That will be etched in my brain probably more than anything. Derrick Henry's done just from a historical moment. But I also remember Fred Jackson for Buffalo just running like crazy while Marshawn Lynch was there. That's right. So that makes me wonder, is that a system thing? Cause you look at Derrick Henry with uh, Dion Lewis, DeMarco Murray, not the same kind of input from those two guys. But uh, I, I did my detective work. I put on my trench coat, my hat. I was ready for this one. Um, and I kind of beat myself up. I was like, well, is Derrick Henry a college guy? Because he went to Alabama. Lynch had to go to Cal. And then you just look at, Quinn, did you see Derrick Henry's senior year of high school? Yeah, where he's like a foot bigger yeah. than anybody else on the field, and they literally yeah. had a rule about him. Hey, there was a, so so then he went to Uli High School in uh, in Florida, and it, it's a tiny school. Uh, I don't know if you guys did the, the research on that, but I remember when he was a recruit. It's just outside of Gainesville. It's a tiny little podunk town, and, and you're right. He's a, a foot taller than everybody else on the field. It's ridiculous, and he's one of the smaller classifications in Florida. Yeah, so, they literally they had a rule where if the if they were up by 21 points or more, they had to sub out Derrick Henry. That was a legit rule that the league had. All right, I got two things to say just about high school. First off, 327 yards a game. In his senior year, 4,200 yards and 55 touchdowns. Because here's how I broke this down. 
I went to Marshawn Lynch first, and I was like, oh, number two recruit out of high school. Like, this guy's good. Sat out his freshman year a little bit. Then he caught fire. It's a Pac-10, not the best defenses, but it's Marshawn Lynch. Like, he killed it from his, like, size. And then you go over to high school. You see what we just fucking talked about. But from a gaming standpoint, road to glory, NCAA football. If you're making a running back, do you want him 5'10", 220, or do you want him 6'4", 270 pounds, 60 pounds? So you take Derrick Henry, and he just fucking dominates at every level. And, dude, I'm, I'm going to wrap it up there. Derrick Henry, hands down, to me, he's on a different level. And I'm even more blown away by what I'm going to see this year with no Corey Davis, no Janu Smith. Like, this guy's just going to fucking eat. Quinn, this is your topic. You get away. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I want to I wanna re- respond to that real quick because I, I think there's one thing that you said in there that I think a lot of fantasy affair and listeners can, can, uh, can take away. So you said something about Alabama running backs, and I think we need to be careful there because Derrick Henry, from my mind, might be the only Alabama running back who has entered the elite territory in the NFL. Mark Ingram was was serviceable as a fantasy guy for a little while there, but can you guys think of anybody else as an Alabama running back? Josh Jacobs? I mean, he's he's in and out of the lineup. Um, what do yeah. you guys think? I think you're on it there, Sammy. Uh, like you said, we've seen the Trent Richardsons. We've seen Josh Jacobs. One minute, he's the new hotness, and he's a do-it-all back, and now we have Kenyon Drake to deal with, and everybody's kind of shitting on Derrick Henry from a dynasty perspective, but he just came off the number one season, back-to-back years, leading the league in touchdowns and yards. So how much longer How much longer can he can he keep up with that, though? I know you you and I just had a trade that involved Derrick Henry uh, within, the, within the last month. You, you gave him, you, do you? I do. Let's 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 throw the let's throw the numbers out there. I mean, I gave you. Yeah, that was a big trade, man. Uh, I gave you a first rounder in Derrick Henry, and I got Dobbins and Keenan Allen, which it's it's as fair as it gets. I think I gave you the one hundred and six. So it's like you you gave me and you gave me Will Fuller. Oh, you mother trucker! You got me. <laughs> Everybody knows my Will Fuller love, so I already feel like I lost that trade. That's a now, uh, y'all are in a PPR, right? Yeah. Is it a half? Well, the dynasty half experts PPR. will half say. PPR. The dynasty experts will say, you know, maybe I won that trade, but I, I don't think I think Derrick Henry's got two more years at you know top three, top four fantasy appeal to me. I don't. What know. about you, Quinn and Sammy? Uh, just to just to comment on that trade real quick. Now, one, I, I'm gonna admit my bias. Still got my Chargers love, but that also means I know that team really well. Keenan Allen's getting twenty something targets a game next season with Hunter Henry out. Keenan Allen is getting fed the rock, even in a half PPR league. That I mean, he could get zero yards, and you're probably still getting fifteen points out the man. You it's know- gonna be insane. Hey, Quinn, hey, you know hey, what Sammy should have done here? He should come back to me and be like, hey, I got Will Fuller in this first. Give me Keenan. And then he's got Keenan Allen and Derrick Henry just ripping ass. Next thing you know, he's like in the championship game. 
so so you know what's funny about that is we had this discussion about Keenan Allen about a month ago, and it was within two days. Maddie sent me that trade with Keenan Allen involved, and I just started laughing. I was like, "Oh, Quinn convinced him. <laughs> Quinn talked him into it." Keenan's a beast, man. Like you talk to like any any cornerback in football. Like there was an interview with Stephon Gilmore. He they said, "Who's the hardest wide receiver to guard in the league?" He said, "Keenan Allen." Because his ability to just change direction out of nowhere is so hard to cover. There's a reason Keenan is the number one receiver in football on third downs because he's well, always open in that short yardage when you need. Glenn, I got a Chargers question for you in a little bit. Let's let's let you break down this topic real quick. What's your case on uh, Henry and Lynch, and then we'll get back to more Chargers. Yeah. So when it comes to Derrick Henry, he's definitely the better runner. I was actually looking because Henry gets more touches too. So my biggest thing with Henry was he's got more yards, but is it, is it just because he's got more touches, but Henry has in his last two years, 5.1 yards per carry and 5.4 yards per carry, which one is just stupid. You give him the ball twice as a first down, but Marshawn in his best year only averaged five yards a carry. So Marshawn's best season in yards per carry was still below Derrick Henry. And then my other thing that I really focused into was actually the receiving game. And Marshawn is better in the receiving game than Henry was. But I still think that could be a scheme-based thing with Pete Carroll versus what's going on right now in Tennessee with Vrabel. I think Tennessee is just more based around the run than the pass. They're not looking for Henry in the past because they also have Deion Lewis. Marshawn in Seattle was just it. So... I lean, I, I lean Derrick Henry and solely because of this. Derrick Henry ran a slower 40 than Marshawn Lynch. But I think Derrick Henry didn't ever get to his top end speed in 40 yards. His top end speed is faster than what it takes him. He doesn't accelerate that fast. But when he's at top speed, oh. he's one of the fastest guys in football. You've seen those. So he's, got a, he's, got a 90, he's got a 99-yard touchdown run. Yeah, but yeah. in that 99-yard touchdown run, he threw seven human beings. But, That's true. But, but, but the Jaguars but, is bitch. But my, yeah. my point, my point being, you've got to have some some top end speed. Yeah. To get there, you don't see Marshawn. Let's see, what is Marshawn's long? Marshawn has a 79-yard touchdown run. That's his career long. Derrick Henry has a 99-yard touchdown from 2018 and a 94-yard touchdown this year. Derek and a 74 and a 75 Derek Henry is just faster than Marshawn and he's bigger, which is just scary. I, I wanted to take Marshawn just to play devil's advocate, but I can't justify it. So case closed. King Henry is the king of this topic and Sammy and Quinn. I think this was a perfect I think we need to add more of these like fantasy matchups from somebody who's rocking and rolling right now to somebody who rocked and rolled like LT would be a good one. Well, but Tomlinson wins. Oh, every time. Oh, six Tomlinson single-handedly won fantasy championships. No, he meant Lawrence Taylor. He meant Lawrence Taylor. Ah, yes. Fantasy monster Lawrence Taylor. (laughs) All right, guys. We, uh, let's keep the good times going, dude. We're back to my topic. Some fantasy hot buys, some yum-yums. So I'm going to go quarterback, RB, wide receiver, tight end. Sorry, no kickers this week, guys. Stay tuned during the season. We'll we'll maybe get there. But let's go quarterback first. We just had pro days. We got Wilson and Fields, rapid fire. 
Give me your take. Let's start with Quinn. Wilson and Fields, who you like better? I'm a lean Wilson because I think he's going to go to the Jets and he'll be he's got the receiving core to succeed there. Fields is a question mark on landing spot. Unless unless Fields goes to San Francisco. So if in he's that case treat, then are you taking him over the let's say Wilson starts day one? Do you want him starting day one? Or do you want the slow burn with uh, Fields? If I don't have a quarterback, I want Wilson. But if I have a quarterback that I'm comfortable starting, I would rather have Fields in San Francisco. You have the 102 in Dynasty. You need a quarterback. You're going Wilson. If I need a quarterback, Wilson over Fields. Sammy, hit me with the baby. Wilson or Fields? Ohio State, BYU, what you got? Yeah, so I'll take Fields. Um, I, I like the athleticism. Just ran a four-four. Uh, that was either either earlier today or yesterday. Um, I mean, that athleticism you can't really you can't really beat. That's wide receiver level. Uh, the guy is a great thrower, and you know you you, you may say he predetermines who he wants to throw to. Um, he doesn't throw people open. Yeah, that's a. Uh, and I agree with that. You know, he's not Trevor Lawrence when it comes to arm talent. But there are some intangibles there. I see him being somebody very similar to like a Kyler Murray where, you know, let him let him scramble around, let him make something happen. He's got a strong enough arm. Um, I mean, I think he threw three interceptions, not this last year, it was the year before, threw three interceptions all season. So he makes the right decisions. And you can talk about the talent that he's got with Ohio State. Um, you know, I, I, I just – I really like Fields. And I'm very hesitant on guys that come from – non-power five conferences as a quarterback to see how they're going to respond to a defense that is so dramatically faster than what they've seen previously. Um, you know, Zach Wilson, I think the only game that he, that he really played against anybody that was, that was worth mentioning was a coastal Carolina team that kind of came out of nowhere. We still don't even know how good coastal Carolina was. And if memory serves me, he didn't have the greatest game. I could be wrong. And somebody please fact check me there, but, um, you know, g- give me fields. Give me fields all day. But did you and see that Zach Wilson throw at his pro day? The one where he was rolling to his left and just fired that thing but, like 70 yards? Buddy, oh. I've, buddy, as a Florida State guy, I saw, I saw Christian Ponder throw that same pass. Nice. And, 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 we'll, and, we'll, and, we'll all, and it was in a game. It wasn't a pro day. It was in a game. And, you know, at the end of the day, what was Christian Ponder? He was nothing. He had wheels too. Right. He was he was athletic. There were multiple times where he ran for over 100 yards because Florida State couldn't throw the ball at that point and just decided that they wanted to run the option because they had no receivers. I mean, that's 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 what scares me is when people get infatuated with what they see in a pro day. You know, yeah. go, go go back and look at the body of work. Fields Here we is, go. I Fields. got his um. I got Zach Wilson stats from Coastal Carolina. Give he was he was 19 for 30 for 240 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. There you go. That's the it was one of the three picks he threw all year. So, so, okay. so, so, the way so you've got the stats. Is, go ahead, Matty. Wait, real quick, Sammy. So you got Wilson going to the Jets. Let's say Fields goes to the 49ers. Are you sitting happy on passing on Wilson and going Fields as your number two RB or QB? Oh man, see, because that that's tough. Because Jets Jets need a quarterback. I'm not saying Darnold's good. I still uh, like Darnold. 
I think I'm talking about this. I, I really, I really think Darnold's good. I've talked about it too. Oh yeah, that's right. Jesus. Here we go. Talking about Darnold, my least favorite topic of hot by happy hour ever. It's every um, week too. It's every week. You said, you said fields. We're not talking this anymore. Uh, I'm a fields guy. I love his footwork. I think his raw athleticism, it just screams it. I don't want any part of the jets unless like Quinn said last week, it's Corey Davis. So let's move on. Let's go to two like very similar paths as far as fantasy goes. Let's go NFC, Miles Sanders and the Eagles. Let's go Joe Mixon of the Bengals. Let's start back with you, Sammy. You have to pick between Mixon and Sanders for this year. Who is your hot buy? So I'm going to go Mixon. But this is this is a close one. I mean, this is pretty much a toss-up to me. And the reason I'm going to go Mixon is uh, Philly brought in the uh, E coordinator from from the Niners, if I'm not mistaken, right? They brought in Sala as their head coach. The so, head coach of Sala's the head coach of the Jets. Oh Jesus, I'm I'm all kinds of screwed up now. They, they're green. They're close to me. It gets it gets. Had a few white claws. What? Yeah. <laughs> what? Well, that, that ruins my entire thought process. Oh, man, I should I didn't know what was coming up, so my, my – Ain't no laws when you drink clothes. <laughs> All right, well, that's going to change what I say. So, I'm going to go I'm gonna go Miles Sanders. Uh, I don't think they have anybody else uh, on the team that can challenge him for being RB1. The biggest question mark for both of them, and this is why I hesitated uh, initially, is, is the injury problems. You know, both of them have been, have been hurt. Neither of them have really – performed to the level that was expected because of those injuries. So I think there's enough behind Mixon that you could, you could get somebody serviceable in there, like a, a Gio Bernard or something like that. That's going to possibly steal some carries, et cetera. Um, what is what's behind miles Sanders? Is there anything? It, it switches every week. I was about be, to say, if you, uh, when I, when I get to my point on this one, I'll, uh, I'll break well, down no, my thoughts. Quinn, on what's fire away, fire away, baby. I'll go right now. Here. Yeah. So I'm taking Mixon solely because of Doug Peterson's systematic refusal to start the better running back and let him get 20 plus touches a game. He, for some reason, believes that Boston Scott and Wendell Smallwood are the future truth of Philadelphia and will not let Miles Sanders get the touches that he needs to get. If Wendell Smallwood, if I felt comfortable in saying, okay, yeah, he's going to get 20 plus touches every single game. He's, I would rather have him than Joe Mixon, mainly because the Bengals have a systematic refusal to bring in offensive linemen. But at the end of the day, Mixon's going to get the touches, especially in the red zone. And, they won't give those to Miles Sanders in Philly. So I got to take Mixon, even though I think in the sense of talent of running back, I would rather have uh, Miles Sanders. Yeah, so you mentioned Peterson, so I just looked it up to, to fix my, my issue. It's Nick, it's Nick Sirianni is the, the new coach for the Eagles. Coming over from, uh, from the Colts, he was the O coordinator underneath uh, Frank Reich. So... And see, even there, they mixed in both. They they still use Naeem Hines with um, yeah, with Jonathan Taylor. So they still like that by committee running back system. Even Wilkins got some work. All right, I'm ready for this one. 
So Miles Sanders, this shitty fucking Philadelphia offense. Hertz is going to be a running quarterback. I think he's going to take a lot of work from Sanders. Sanders has proved he is not a – I mean, he might surprise me this year. He's a solid RB, too. But we have seen what Mixon can do when he's healthy, and that's RB1 potential. And then you add Burrow, you add – let's just say we get crazy here with Penny Sewell or a Jamar Chase. Oh, my mama. That's what we call – the Gaga on Hot by Happy Hour. So to me, this is mixing all day her day. But from a dynasty perspective, you take in the age of a Miles Sanders. So it's that's where it gets a little trickier. Are you playing for this year? Or are you playing for next year? Because all it takes is one more mixing injury, and it could be a whole different ballgame, baby. But let's move on. Something I love. Veteran receivers. So I'm going to throw two at you. You have seen my love for Brandon Cooks. So we have Brandon Cooks. I think he was wide receiver 16 last year. He's proven it with the Patriots. He's proven it with the Rams. And now you have no Will Fuller. You see this shit show in Houston. And now you have this whole thing with Watson. Just every day it's one more debacle. So here's my question. Brandon Cooks on the Houston Texans with Deshaun Watson or Marvin Jones in a Daryl Bevel offense on Jacksonville with two up and down receivers in Chark and LaVisca with Trevor Lawrence. Do you see Marvin Jones or Brandon Cooks? And also take in effect dynasty value. You have Cooks being the more expensive option and Marvin Jones. Let's go to you first, Quinn. I got to take Cooks because Cooks is the number one receiver in Houston. And with with Marvin Jones, you don't know if he's going to be the two or the three, but he's never going to be the one. Shark will be the one on any given Sunday. So just off the sense of who's going to get more targets alone, there's way less mouths to feed in Houston. If Deshaun Watson's the guy, I trust him to get him the ball. And even if Deshaun Watson isn't the guy, you have Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod's decent, and he's still going to get his looks and his targets, and he's going to get catches. All right, well, I'm going to put you on the spot here. The Maddie Daddy's sending you a trade offer for each player. I'm offering the 201 for Brandon Cooks, but I'm offering the 207 for Marvin Jones. I'm going to reject the trade on Cooks. I would take the one for Marvin Jones. All right. So what are you what are you going out and getting Cooks for? From a we're all about the rookies right now. So the rookie on the rise is possible. Shout out to Britt Sanders, Bradley Stickler, and Eric, Eric Bacoda, baby. That little pumpkin head. So tell me what you're paying from a rookie pick for Brandon Cooks. If I'm going to take a rookie pick, I'm thinking mid to like early, late first round. So like 206 or sorry, one, 106 to like 110. I want something like right in there. I want to be able to get one of those higher end rookies. Hopefully be able to get like a Jamar Chase or a Devonta Smith. I'm, I'm going to be getting rid of Cooks. Quinn. 
Do you want the 201 for Brandon Cooks? See, I don't – I the big thing, I want to be able to get a – if I'm going to get rid of Brandon Cooks for a pick, I want to be able to guarantee myself, feel confident that I can get a rookie receiver that's going to get a similar role to Cooks in their offense, and I don't feel 100% that I could get that at 201. Understood. Um, I think that would be right where 201, I think you might have a chance at Waddle or Bateman or one of those guys. And see, my thing is at 207, I think I could have a chance at Waddle or Bateman, which would be the perfect replacement for Marvin Jones. Not in my my league. Hot take. All right, right, Sammy, lay it on us. We've heard Quinn. We got Brandon Cooks and we got Marvin Jones. Who is your hot buy? Yeah, so I – I'm not going to go into great detail because I agree pretty, pretty much hundred percent with Quinn. Uh, other than the trading discussion, I, uh, I think that cooks may actually have more value. If Watson isn't in the game, Watson does a good job of distributing the ball all around the field. So if, if Watson's sitting for a significant amount of time and Tyrod's in there, I think cooks value actually goes up. Uh, so- when it when if I could, I, I've seen a I've seen a Tyrod game one game be- before a lung puncture came in because the uh, team doctor had Justin Herbert in his dynasty league, but um, Tyrod yeah, throws the ball all over the place. Eighteen, uh, eighteen like occurrences of misconduct. I'm asking, I'm asking from a point perspective of Watson's there, like. If you're getting accused 18 times, this ain't as sexy as it was two months ago. You know what I mean? Uh, there I use a slur like sexy. Feels kind of weird. But uh, you got I still have my theories on that whole thing. Yeah, but we just keep hearing shit. So let's say Watson's there because that's what you're buying into Cooks right now. You're like, okay, Watson's going to be there because there's too much shit going on. Like he needs to let this shit blow off. Can we, can we do that though? I mean, can we honestly say that Watson's going to be there if we're, if, if we're given it? I opinion? think he will. Uh, I mean, that could be a, how do we know Watson's even playing football next year? Right. Okay. Okay. So I see. Okay. Time out. You're right. So from that perspective, Tyrod Taylor comes into play. Okay. My B, my B baby, my B it's the Miller lights. I'm not drinking white claws. Y'all. Um, Neither am I. Oh, don't try to cover yourself now, Sammy, you little turd. We're glad to have you back, dude. We missed you. Me and uh, me and Quinn are like a well-oiled machine, but having Sammy, having a few drinks, having a 1994 cigar on a Taco Tuesday, can't beat that, baby. Um, Marvin Jones with Trevor Lawrence and Daryl Bevel. Yeah, I'm all about the hot buy. That just, that just tells me that Marvin Jones is my type of guy. Somebody I can throw in the wide receiver three spot, four spot flex, and he's going to put up that wide receiver two numbers. I'm all about Marvin Jones. I was all about Brandon Cooks, but I'm even more about Bra- uh, Marvin Jones right now, especially for the price. Marvin Jones is a hot buy. Hot buy. I'm not going into detail because you don't need to hear it. Go out and get yourself a piece of Marvin Jones. Guys, y'all ready for Sammy's favorite position? 
I love some tight ends. Yeah, he loves the tight ends. Sammy, I'm going to you first. These guys are close, but I want to hear your opinion. I've shit on Drew Locke in the past. You're, you've shit on Drew Locke. Everybody's shit on Drew Locke. Give me Noah Fant. I don't even care no, who he's against. Noah Fant or Mike Gusecki. Mike Gusecki finished higher than Noah Fant last year. So give me your hot buy at tight end. Yeah, I love me some uh, some Noah Fant. I've got him. I've got a, multiple shares of Noah Fant. Uh, I think that his numbers were skewed because of injuries, COVID. I mean, Jesus, we remember the game where the Broncos had to play wide receiver, college wide receivers and, and quarterbacks at, at quarterback in the NFL. The only completions they had that entire game were to Noah Fant. The guy gets himself open. The guy is a stud at the position. He just hasn't had the quarterback play to prove it. There were a couple games where I watched the Dolphins, uh, and I think Gasecki might even had a three-touchdown game. Uh, he at least had multiple two-touchdown games. Uh, again, fact-check me. Please do it. Um, and, and those type of things skew the numbers, right? When you've got right. just, a, just a monster one-off game, then – your, uh, your, your numbers are going to look a lot better at the end of the year. I think consistency-wise, Noah Fant, you know what he's going to get as long as you know what you're going to get at quarterback. Um, you know, that's all dependent on Drew Locke's health or Drew Locke being a decent quarterback or, you know, them drafting somebody, whatever the case may be. So give me Noah hey, Fant. I'm a big fan. Sammy, give me your take on Drew Locke. We missed it the last couple of weeks. So hit me. Do you think this guy has, he has the, he, he reminds me of like Winston kind of. Yes. Like, no, he, I, I like Drew Locke. I like Drew Locke a lot. Um, I just hope that they give him another chance. I've actually tried to buy him a couple of times in, uh, in the league that you and I are in together. I've tried to get him from, uh, from the dude who owns him. Park. Yeah. And the guy's, the guy's a, uh, he's a Broncos, Broncos fan. And, and, <laughs> And he wouldn't give him up. I so, texted him this week asking for Drew Locke. It's funny how it works. I, I really like Drew Locke. And I think that if he can stay healthy, he will be, he's not going to be like a, you know, top 12 quarterback. He's going to be a QB two, but you know, that's fine. He's got her. upside though, dude. You saw those. So that's here's what, what happens when you're gone, Sammy. I go on a rant saying, fuck you, Drew Locke, you dumb motherfucker. And then a week later, I'm like, give me some Drew Locke. But, yeah. Quinn, let's talk you, bet, baby. Let's talk Noah Fant with Drew Locke or Mike Isecki with Tua, the check down, Talavi Viola. The thing. I love the Broncos receiving core. I love Noah Fant. I love every, I, I love that whole group, but I hate Drew Locke. Ooh. And the other thing is, I know the defenses that are in the AFC West and the secondaries that are there, especially with who gets put up against tight ends there. You got Tyron Matthew that's going to be on, on Noah Fant twice a year. Derwin James is going to be on Noah Fant twice a year. Um, that definitely, I think, needs to be considered and I think Mike Gusecki is going to get more looks because there's not as many options in Miami uh, 
I think Mike Gusecki is the best option in Miami. And I got to go Mike Gusecki over Noah Fant, even though I think Noah Fant's the better tight end. Absolutely. Uh, To me on this point, it's tough because I think Fant's the better tight end. I'm not going to say he's not, but the situation, I think two is a better quarterback than Luck. I think, like you said, the the receiving options, you know, you have Fuller who stretches the field. Devontae Parker, Parker and Preston Williams got to stay on the field. But I'm going Gasecki here. Um, Gasecki, Gasecki fan. Last but not least, we just had the breaking news today. Kalen Balage to the Steelers. What's going on here? Any uh, fantasy takeaways? We saw this guy for the Chargers put up good fantasy points. So I want to know, as a Chargers fan, what do we have? And I think he was like second-round pick, Kalen Balage from Arizona State. They had, like I said, don't listen to these comparisons because this is where the Matty Day gets sucked in. But Alvin Kamara light. Tell me about Kalen Balage to the Steelers, Quinn. Yeah, I would sooner compare him to, and I mean, a much le- like great value brand, Derrick Henry, because he's six foot three. He's got decent speed. He's a good, strong running back. The thing for me, the Chargers used him around the goal line. If there isn't another goal line back that comes into Pittsburgh, he's going to get a very similar role to what he had in LA with the Chargers. And I think right now it's it's possible because you can correct me if I'm wrong. James Connor is still a free agent, and the he's Terminator. yeah, James, James currently not in Pittsburgh. If James Connor resigns with the Steelers, Kalen Balaj's fantasy value drops through the floor. I have no interest in him. But as long as James Connor's not a Pittsburgh Steeler and the Steelers haven't made a move at running back, Balaj might potentially be their number one, which when he was the number one with the chargers, cause he was brought in because I think it was Justin Jackson and Eckler were both hurt. Troy main Pope wasn't good enough to be a sole number one. And Bellage came in and was solid for us for a few games. So he's on waivers, dude. If you're in your league, if he's on waivers, are you picking him up? I'd grab him right. If, if, if it's me right now, I'd grab him. And then if James Connor signs back with the Steelers, then release him. As of right now, he's a potential starting running back for the Steelers, so it's worth a pickup. Dude, dude, dude. Sammy, Quinn, we've kicked ass and take names. We went through the refs. We went through Beast Mode and King Henry. We've had a lot of beers and a couple White Claws. And, of course, we talked a little fantasy football and some hot buys. Guys, let's get the fuck out of here. I've had enough drinks. I'm sure you guys have too. Quinn, where can they find you? You can get me on Twitter, uh, Quinn underscore Cusky, or you can hit me up on my Twitch, streaming some Madden. Just streamed one of the most exciting games I've ever played, back and forth all the way through. If you missed it, you missed out. Uh, You can hit me on Twitch at Pens1206, P-E-N-S-1206, on that road to affiliate. Uh, That's where you can find me. Okay, and Sammy, it's so good to have you back, baby. Styling and profiling, kiss, stealing, wheeling, and dealing, 
and it's hard to hold these gators down. Sammy, where can they find you, baby? First of all, let's not mention gators at the same time that you mentioned me, all right? Oh. There we go. That's that's better. That's better. So you can find me on Twitter at Samuel underscore Gordon. Uh, hit me up if you want to talk anything from fantasy football to cigars to scotch to apparently white claws. I only had one. We'll make that we'll make that very clear. But uh, you know, hit me up if you want to know anything uh, that in terms of drink, in terms of smoke, in terms of anything. Oh, 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 doesn't matter if it's in March or April. We're still getting that Sammy Claus. Guys, I'm the Maddie Daddy. You can find me on the Fantasy Affair where I'm throwing those hot buys around. You can find me on the Wrestling Mitt Podcast where I'm throwing some elbows down. You can find me on Hot Buy Happy Hour, baby. Hey, Maddie. Maddie Daddy 2652. Yeah, I know. White Claws. Let's get some music going. I get no, it. Sammy. Hold on. I, I want to, I want them to know that they can find us at the uh, the Fantasy Expo too, right? Oh, baby. It's going to be too sweet. We're going to Canton. We're bringing down the banners. We're going to have some shot girls. We're doing the Fantasy Expo. That's the fantasyfootballexpo.com. We're doing the uh, party at check-in. So come hang out with us. Get some shirts, get some free merch. Come hang out with us, and let's take some shot, 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 shot. Uh, we're all three going to be out there. It's going to be a good time. And we're going right. to record some hot buy. But when you're not listening to hot buy, go check out Rookie on the Rise. Go check out our main pod, the Fantasy Affair, Fantasy Football. You got the Killer Bees, Berkey, Brad, and Brian kicking ass and taking names. But till then, I want you to take a step away from those white claws. Ladies and gentlemen, listen to a late 90s, early 2000 hit. I heard it earlier. I want it that way. Backstreet Boys. <laughs>